Chapter Thirty One of The Shadow of a Sin by Bertha M. Clay. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Thirty One. When Hyacinth rose the next morning, it was as though long years had passed over her. Lady Dartell was not unkind or ungrateful. She sent to ask if Miss Holt was better and able to resume her work. She also desired the housekeeper to see that the governess had all she required, and then, thinking that she had done her duty, she forgot all about her. Hyacinth resumed her work, but a burning thirst was upon her, a thirst that could not be quenched. Adrian was near her. He was under the same roof, breathing the same air. His eyes would rest on the same scenes. He would speak every day to the same people. A fever that nothing could cool seemed to run riot in her veins. Her heart burned. Her eyes were hot and weary with watching. A thirst, a longing, a fever. A very madness possessed her, and she could not control it. She must see him. She must look upon his face, even should his glance slay her, for she had loved him so dearly, and in all her lonely life she had never loved any one else. As flowers thirst in the sultry heat for dew, as the tired deer longs for cooling streams, so she craved one glance at the face that had made all the sunshine and brightness of earth for her. So she watched and waited. She promised herself this one short glimpse of happiness. She would look on his face, giving full vent to all the passionate love of her heart, and then welcome darkness, oblivion, and death. Once, in crossing the upper corridor, the door of the billiard-room suddenly opened, and she heard the sound of laughter, and of many voices. His was among them, clear, rich, distinct, the old musical tone that had so often made her heart thrill. The sound of it smote her like a deadly blow. She shrunk back, pale with the pallor of death, faint, trembling. "'My love! My love!' murmured the white lips. Hyacinth bent eagerly forward. She would have given much to hear the sound again, but it had ceased. The door was closed, and she went on to her room, like one who had stood outside the gates of an earthly paradise, yet knew that those gates were never to be opened. Her recent experiences increased the fever of her longing, a fever that soon began to show itself in her face. She became unwontedly lovely. Her beautiful violet eyes shone, with a brilliancy and light almost painful to see. The red lips were parted, as the lips of one who suffers from intensity of pain. The white hands grew burning hot. The fever of longing was wearing her very life away, and she thought she could still it by one look at his face. She might as well have tried to extinguish flame by pouring oil upon it. At last the chance she had waited and watched for came. Veronica sent to ask her to go to her room. I want you to grant me a favour, she said. My maid is correct in her ideas of dress, but she has no idea of flowers. I have some flowers here, and know your great taste. I should be obliged to you if you would arrange the spray for my hair. This speech was so unusually civil for Miss Dartell that the young governess was quite overpowered. I will do it with pleasure, she replied. I want it to be very nice, said Miss Dartell with a conscious smile that was like a dagger in the girl's breast. One of our visitors, Lord Chanton, seemed to have a mania for flowers. I had almost forgotten. Are there any white hyacinths amongst the collection? Yes, was the brief reply. Do you think there are sufficient to form a nice spray, mixed with some maidenhair fern? She asked. I should be pleased if you could manage it. I will try. But, Miss Dartell, there are so many other beautiful flowers here. 
why do you prefer the white hyacinths her voice faltered as she uttered her name a name she had never heard since she fled from all that was dearest to her miss dartell who happened to be in the most gracious humours smiled at the question i was talking to that same gentleman lord chandon yesterday and i happened to ask what was his favourite flower he said it was the white hyacinth oh miss holt what are you doing for the flowers were falling from the nerveless hand how could he have said that adrian used to call her his white hyacinth had he not forgotten her what could he mean so you see miss holt continued miss dartell blandly that i should like to please his lordship and i shall wear his favourite flowers yes she saw plainly enough she remembered one of those happy days at Bergheim when she too had worn some fresh fragrant hyacinths to please him and she remembered how he had caressed her and what loving words he had murmured to her how he had told her that she was fairer in his eyes than any flower that had ever bloomed how he had taken one of the hyacinths from her and looking at it had said you were rightly named my love you are a stately fair fragrant hyacinth indeed now oh bitter irony of fate now she was to make another beautiful with those same flowers in order to charm him she was dead to him and to all the bright past yet at the very thought of his loving another she grew faint with anguish that had no name she went to the window and opened it to admit the fresh cool air and then the opportunity she had waited and longed for came it was a bright clear morning the sun was shining and the promise of spring filled the air she did not think of seeing adrian then but the window overlooked the grove of chestnut trees and he was walking serenely underneath them she sunk on her knees her eyes were riveted on his face with deepest intensity it was he heaven bless him looking graver older and more careworn but still the same brave handsome noble man those were the true clear eyes that had looked so lovingly into her own those were the lips so firm so grave so kind that had kissed hers and told her how dear she was to him those were the hands that had clasped her own shine on him blessed sun whisper round him sweet wind for there is none like him none she envied the sun that shone on him the breeze that kissed his face she stretched out her hands to him my love she cried my dear lost love her wistful longing eyes followed him this was the one glance that was to cool the fever preying upon her this was to be her last look on earth at him and the chestnut grove was not long he had passed half through it already soon oh so soon he would pass out of her sight for ever suddenly he stood still and looked down the long forest glade he passed his hand over his brow as though to drive away some saddening thought and her longing eyes never left him she thanked heaven for that minute's respite and drank in the grave manly beauty of his face with eyes that were pitiful to see my love she murmured in a low hoarse voice if i might but die looking at you slowly the large burning tears gathered in the sorrowful eyes and sob after sob rose to the quivering lips it seemed to her that kneeling there with outstretched hands she was weeping her life away and then he began to walk again and had almost passed out of her sight she held out her hands to him with weeping eyes adrian she called good-bye my love good-bye and he all unconscious of the eyes that were bent upon him turned away while the darkness and desolation of death fell over the girl who loved him so dearly End of chapter thirty one